we are always in a state of change, you know, whether we like it, whether we acknowledge it, whether we recognize it. So we're always in a leap. We are always in a leap. Get ready for brilliant people, brilliant ideas, and a regular good time. This is Brilliant Thoughts with Success People editor, Tristan Almada, the show that thinks about how personalities, relationships, and communication shape business success. And now here he is, Tristan Almada. My next guest is Misha Rubin, where we talk about getting clarity about your career, about where you're going in life, and really about the intentions that you have in everything that you're doing. We break down something really nice through his career blueprint, where we talk about innate aspirations and integrational. You've got to listen to that one. And then he brings up board of supporters, which I absolutely loved. You're going to have to listen to how he breaks down that one with life partners, mentors, advisors, cheerleaders. This is a very powerful one. If anything, you'll come out thinking, wow, I really need to be a lot clearer about the values I have and where I'm heading. Jump in. Welcome back to another episode of Brilliant Thoughts, a success magazine podcast. And today I have Misha Rubin out of New York. What part of New York, Misha? I'm in Westchester. Nice, man. I'm in LA and I hear you're coming to LA for spring break. Nice. Yeah. Yeah. I like Bringing it. kids to Disneyland, one of the, one of the topics, right, of the day. I like that. I like that. Well, with that, because Disneyland's the greatest place on earth, apparently, right? Um, but you you talk about intentional life changes, and here you are taking the time to to come over here as a break to be more intentional and have time with your family. Um, where do you typically see the biggest challenges with the companies and people you talk to about intention and and how to live a more intentional life? So my big focus is really uh, around careers, right? And career education. And in the topic of career, I make this claim. And as as people listening to this, let's see if, if it resonates with them. Um you probably haven't made a single authentic career choice in your life, Ooh. which is, yeah, I know that's like, whew, that's like, a good, that's a great place to start. I like that. Right. So it's like lack of intention, a little bit kind of back to your question. And, and I usually ask listeners, you go and go, go from the moment you chose maybe your college major to your first job, to consequent job, to your current job. And this is like, see whether what resonates with you the most. Uh, there are three factors that influence our careers. Number one is other people's opinions, right? So what our parents, families, communities, maybe directly, maybe indirectly think is good for us or appropriate, right? All the time. So, uh, the second thing is circumstances. So, you know, a lot of jobs we get just because they show up or somebody called us or we knew somebody it just happened that way. And the third uh, driver would be uh, inertia, you know? So when you don't know what to do better than what you're doing, maybe you're afraid to take a risk, you know, you just stay where you are. And I'm talking about these as a, <laughs> as a person who have experienced all of them, who, who experienced all of them myself. So 
Um, so I usually ask, like, listen and see, does this resonate with you? Or which one resonates with you the most? And that's and one of the reasons that I find uh, that people do feel unfulfilled is because of that, because they never felt like, no, this is what I really want. You know, this is what I'm after. And that that's, I think, one of the reasons that a lot of professionals um, and a lot of people just don't feel fulfilled or satisfied at their jobs. Do you feel like any of those three are felt more by a certain age group or does that not matter at all? I think you just probably experience them at different times. I can speak for myself, right? So I chose, you know, I got a degree in in computer science, you know, as many immigrants in, in the 90s that went to NYU, you know, that was like, just go get a degree in computer science, you know, then go work on Wall Street. You know, that was like the conversation among my people, you know, different people. And then I know a lot of jobs that like, you know, this happened or I wanted this and this showed up. So it was like a little circumstantial. And then I stayed with my last company for 15 years. And I was, you know, I, I became a partner in one of the largest management consulting firms in the world. And, um, you know, and I always knew it wasn't it. Even, even when I received a call that I'm, you know, getting promoted to a partner, which I worked so hard for, and I tried so hard, and I was so happy that I did it. I still knew it wasn't it. But I, and I stayed because I didn't know. I didn't know like what would be better. You know, people say, just follow your passion. That really annoyed me. I was like, well, if I knew what I were to follow, I would follow it, you know? And that all was still one um, January afternoon when I was sitting in, you know, one of these business meetings and everybody was talking and I was talking my, you know, my, my business voice and, you know, and then I've heard my quiet voice and my quiet voice told me, Misha, there's no way you'll be doing this. This is not aligned with who you are. And at that time, I was a you know partner for five years. I was making more money than an immigrant from Ukraine could have ever imagined. I you know had the success responsibilities. I also was a parent of three and a breadwinner, you know, in the family. And I didn't have a clear idea of what I wanted to do, but it was like a moment of truth for me, honestly. And and, you know, I jumped off the cliff, which I don't recommend people don't, I don't recommend people jumping off the cliff. It's not, it's not safe. You know, it's not great for most people. That's not a good idea for most. And I was thinking as I was, was jumping off the cliff, I was thinking, it's like, how can I develop tools for people? Because just, there is no career education. You know, we are taught zillions of topics in our lifetime, right? About everything. But nobody teaches about how do we craft our career? What's the right major for us? Like, what would be the right industry? What is the right role? When is the right time to make a change? How to make this change? Nobody teaches us. And I was thinking, so for people that want to make a change and don't know where to go and like what to pursue and what is the right step, how could I develop tools and help them uh, do that without them taking humongous risks, jumping over the cliff, you know, sacrificing their financial future, like doing like all all the things that people really and then and then if you're really afraid of all these things you just stay in the status quo which is not great for anybody the like cow can you explore in the systematic way and that's when i you know i developed the career leap method and that's what i've been doing since then i i've been teaching people so that's what i do i facilitate meaningful intentional changes at work and in life right so my method is about that do you think that when you're intentional at work, it inevitably bleeds over into being intentional at home. 
and vice versa? Or does this just go one way? Listen, I think specifically with work where we spend, most people spend most of their time with work, more than with their families, with their children, with their parents. So if you don't feel like you are in charge of your career, right? Or if you don't feel like you have a good say in how it goes, but you have a clear understanding of what it is you want and where do you want it to go? Listen, of course, it will spill into the rest of your life. So I usually, you know, I when I when I work with my clients, I'll I'll give you an example. You know, I was working with this amazing woman who not only put her husband through medical school, she helped him open up his medical office, and and then she also gave birth to two children and raised them. You know, and through all of that, she had to make some type of a twist to her career to accommodate everybody else's needs. So, here she is, she's working with me on her career leap. And, you know, she came up with this really great idea. She was so excited. And I'm asking her, have you discussed this idea with your husband? And she's like, well, I kind of hinted to him, but he's not the type of person that would, would understand this, right? And I was like, ah, oh, because here it is, you have a really close marriage, both emotionally and financially. So it's very hard to make it. I'm not saying it's impossible, but it's very hard to make a change without your, your support of your spouse in this type of a situation. So she just had a disempowering belief about her husband, right? So as a result of that, I her homework was, of course, was to go and have a conversation with her husband, which was went amazing. And he was totally supportive. And that brought them, them closer, right? So he, it's all, our life is very interconnected. And as soon as we bring certain distinctions, distinctions and qualities into one area, of course, we see the impact all over the place. Interesting, man. Yeah, I agree with you on that. I see that. And I also see exactly what you're saying, which a lot of similar situations where people are afraid to have that conversation with, with the other party, whether it's familial, right? Like relationship or at work uh, related. So that that's interesting. You mentioned the career leap method. And you also mentioned when I was doing some research on you, uh -oh. uh, trans <laughs> transitioning later in life. Mm -hmm. And, and that, that really stuck with me because my background is real estate related. Mm -hmm. And even though I did real estate from the get go coming out of college, um, a lot of real estate agents don't, they find that much later in life, like way later, second, third, fourth career in some cases. So what would you recommend transitioning later in life look like? Because you have a set of tools and a lot of people from what I've witnessed when they're transitioning are very scared and they feel like they have to take a leap and some that don't feel it hard enough just don't, but you give yeah. these tools. So where do we start? How do we succeed in this transition? Yeah. So maybe there are two points I will address. Let me talk a little bit about the like the age side, you know, later in life, right? And then we can talk about how to do it. You know, it's very interesting that I do have people coming to me in their late 30s and the 40s, but I have a group coming in the mid 50s or early 60s that feel like, well, if not now, when I'm going to do that, you know, like when I'm going to, this is my chance to do what I really want to do. So I think they very motivated by this fear that I personally have, you know, I call it a deathbed <laughs> test. You know, when you imagine still lying on your deathbed and you're like, how come I didn't try this? How come I didn't do this? How, you know, like, so I'm, <laughs> I don't know about many, I'm 
tremendously motivated. So that's why I took a lot of leaps and took a lot of risks because for me, living with uh, not trying is much um, pricier and much scarier than any leap. So I would say, great. I think uh, later in, you know, like, let me give you an example. I was working with uh, Rebecca. She was a nurse for 30 years and she came to me. She said, Misha, I'm done being a nurse. I'm very clear about that, but I have no idea what I want to do in life. And, um, you know, as many people come to me, they came to me like, there's really nothing else I can do in life. <laughs> you know, like there is really no hope for me. And that feeling of almost like desperation or like being trapped, you know, and then we did all the work, like a lot of work that I do, I call it, uh, we build a career blueprint, which is uh, related to really getting a deep understanding of who you are and what you want. So, uh, so career blueprint comes you know imagine you want to build your dream house right and if you want to build your dream house you'll start with a design so and if you do a design you have some design blocks that you will use to design your house so similarly consider your career blueprint is like this is a design of your career that you're going to build and the building blocks i call them career design criteria so there are three types of criteria the first one is innate right dive into some of them later the the second one is Aspiration. So innate is related to how you are, like what motivates you, what makes you succeed, what makes you being fulfilled. And if your innate criteria is not met, you're never going to be fulfilled at work. And then you're there's an aspirational criteria. This is related to what you want. You know, maybe like it's related to maybe responsibilities or growth or learning or financially or you know, whatever it is you want that goes there. And if your aspirational criteria is not met, then you're gonna be bored your work and then there is a i call it integrational criteria this is how your work and not work life integrates right and this is like if that criteria is not met that's when you'll have burnout will not have time to take care of your health or see your children and so so a lot of work with that i do with with my clients is on them understanding their career blueprint so they really understand who they are and what they want and as 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 Rebecca was doing her inquiry, she came up, oh my God, you know, like, I really want to be a holistic health practitioner, you know, just like, really, that's what I want to do. It was like such a revelation for her. And, you know, instantly, you know, she had, a, you know, like once you have this clarity, and I think for a lot of people, what's missing is the clarity is the very first element, because without clarity, you kind of really lost and you just like take these, um, you you take these actions that don't produce right results. And once she was clear, she's like, well, I want to go to grad school. I want to do this. I want to do, you know, and I spoke with her recently, like she has her practice. She does Reiki, she does yoga. She does, you know, she does a lot of things. Like she made a, a leap. She made a dot. Yeah. No, man, I, I agree with this. this is beautiful. I love the simplicity of it. And I know it's complicated. Okay. But remember the, yeah. the beautiful thing about complex things is that when you find somebody like yourself that has simplified it, it makes it clear. Right. So, you know, you know, that's a great, it's, I would take this as a compliment because, you know, it like took me 20 years to make it that simple. You know, it's like a really like once you understand things very deeply, then it's like, oh, it's actually, it's, it, it, it is fairly simple, but it's a process and it's a journey and it's very precise uh, to make it simple. I like this, man. The innate part I'm thinking, and this is just for, me to get more more understanding of it but on the innate part what i understood was 
let's see what you gravitate to, what more of your natural talents are. What do you, what does that look like, right? Innate, am I right on that? Exactly. So like the big piece of innate, I'll give you another example, are your vocational value system, you know, like, um, you know, I'll give you another example. You know, another lady came to me. She was an architect and she said, Misha, get me out of architecture. It's impossible to be an architect, a woman architect. It's impossible. She worked for this old school architecture firm. And then once she understood her vocational values and when she saw that, she's like, oh my God, I remember why I chose architecture. I love architecture. I'm just working in the wrong organization. Like, so that uh, understanding your blueprint and your, like, especially innate criteria, right? Innate is really very hard to negotiate. You know, once you have a lot of criteria, you can prioritize them and see which one negotiables, which one important. But innate one's hard to negotiate on, right? So what, once you understand it, you get a lot of clarity, like why you're not happy at this job, why this happened, why it's like that. You kind of get a lot of answers that you might have had intuitively, right? But once you have language to it, it's a whole different ballgame. I love that, man. That it's it's really starting where you should be starting. And we usually start with, I feel like we start with number two, with aspiration. For some reason, we start with aspiration and we skip, like, what are you great at? What are you actually amazing at? So I love aspiration too, in this order, in the order you have it, because then I'm like, well, I want to achieve this now that I know what I'm going to be focused on. How do I get there? And because this is what I want to do. And lastly, uh, which was, is it integrational? Is that what it was? Yeah. It's really balanced between your work and not work life, how they integrate, you know, and how, um, especially people that have big jobs or demanding jobs, you know, then they might have things in their life that are more important than their work, you know, but because their work takes so much time and energy, everything else they kind of squeeze or steal for, you know, and that, listen, at some point it just backfires. Um, so it's important to consider all these aspects. And uh, that's where intention is very important because it's not like, I don't even call those um, intentions. Like I, I think about them more creating a vision than a goal, though you could create a goal also. But what's amazing about vision, having a vision for the future, it actually helps you guide at the moment, at the present. So it helps you make choices now when you have a vision. And then visions, the great thing about visions, you can always adjust them as you learn more, you have more information. So it's always like an amazing game to live in a leap you know, to live in this state. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I see that, man. I see that a lot. And going back to where we first started our conversation, which was, I feel like it's integrational because look, now you're coming, like I said, you're coming to LA, go to Disney, do a few other things with the family. How do we make that, how do we make that leap into this part better? Because our biggest audience is entrepreneurs, um, we've got solopreneurs, business owners, all, all of this. And you find that you know this really well because that's your audience too, right? Transitioning into this. You find that a lot of the times we're so caught up with our businesses, making ends meet, growing it, scaling it, firing, whatever it is, that we don't always take the time to integrate with the other aspect of life so we don't burn out. So, this one specifically, how do you begin to achieve that better? Beautiful. 
Well, for that, I have my program. I have a program that's called the Life Leap. You know, that's the Life Leap Math, and it's it's kind it's focused on the same principles. So the principles are you know is we are always in a state of change. You know, whether we like it, whether we acknowledge it, whether we recognize it, so we're always in a leap. We are always in a leap. And then the second piece, the second principle that most people most of the time live their life uh, the the way it happens to them. You know, so you either respond to circumstances, circumstances come and you respond to them. So that makes life, it's sometimes boring or sometimes life just kicks you in the butt and just makes it very intense, you know, so usually like there are these. So that's, so the third principle that you can actually design, you can always design your destination. So you can always think through what it is you want out of your business, out of your life, out for your health, for your family. You can always design your destination. Now, and then when you have the clarity of destination, uh, then you can be guided. You know, at every moment you have like a compass because that vision becomes a compass. So for entrepreneurs out of there, I would say, well, of course, it's very familiar also to me as an entrepreneur, like it's very easy to get carried away and this and that, like, how do we craft time for all the pieces? But it's part of the design of life in a very similar way, as I was talking about career, like, right, you can develop your life blueprint. You can think about, um, you still have your innate criteria for life, right? You still have your aspirational criteria for life. and you have integration or how different parts of your life integrate. So it's all, it's all, it's all the principles that are the same and they work in a very similar way. Okay. I like that, man. You, you're mentioning something that reminded me of a, a different conversation I had uh, with another person that we were interviewing because you're mentioning here uh, things that are happening to us. And if we're not planning ahead on how, we are going to respond because things are happening all the time to us. We're always going to just be a factor of everything that happens to us rather than us taking the time and saying, hey, we know that we're in a more stressful, if you will, stressful world because of what we do. Why don't we plan ahead and say, if this is going to happen, this is how we're going to respond, right? Well, I think I'm talking on a much larger scale. I'm thinking about more like if you have, we can't plan for everything that could happen in life, right? Yeah, for sure. But if you have a vision, right? And a lot of people don't have what they want. One of the main reasons they don't know what it is, it's not articulated for them. Yeah. I'm about to start working with this amazing attorney lady who like, you know, has a very successful business, but can't find time to take care of her health, it impacts her relationship with her husband, her with the kids, like, so suddenly it's like a whole different problem. But part of it, like we don't have it articulated what what type of life we want, what it is, like when we want to do what, you know. And then from there, listen, life is never perfect. It's not about that. But the step one, you need to be, get clear about what you want. It still comes back to the same clarity. All right. Let's say we've got this part down then. We articulate it with your help. Everything looks a little clearer than where it was. How do we continually revisit that? Because I also see the opposite, which is like, we've done it one time, we're doing it, and then we kind of forget about it, and then we get lost again. How do we keep it in front of us? 
So I think understanding what you want is just the very first step. Just because you understand what you want, it doesn't mean that it all happens, right? Then you still need to map it out, how it will all look. And you, you're talking about, you know, one of amazing things that I teach my clients is like, how do you build a board of supporters for yourself? So if you have a particular aspiration or a goal or in life, how you, it's very hard to do it on your own. How do you surround yourself with people and engage with them in the right conversations so it is alive. So by the way, one of the way you can keep it alive by having right people around you that are asking you right question and maybe challenging you or supporting you when you need to. The other thing is a lot about like, how do you build the habits? How do you like, what type of habits you need to develop and how do you build them? There's a lot of different ideas and philosophies on on habits building. And the third piece is always like we have disempowering beliefs around what is possible, what's not possible. So you need to learn how to deal with that because they often in the way like people have a beliefs about like, no, it's not possible for me to be run successful business unless I'm working 24-7. You know, like for me, it's not possible to do that if, if that. So there's all these ideas kind of that sit in our head and that we just need to give up, give up or review or reconsider in order for that to make sense. So there is a lot in going from clarity to actually building that life that you want. There is a lot of steps in between. I like that. Do you practice or do you suggest that we do vision boards? Because some people do and some people don't. I just want to know where you stand on something like that. You know, I, I don't. I don't have a particular attachment to, to. I think vision board could be one of the expressions. Okay. Um, but I also find that vision boards could be very abstract. I do think there is a, another layer to get to down to in articulation. So I think for some some people find them helpful. I have some things visually just reminding me about certain things. But so I, I don't have a strong view. But but I think it could be. They could be useful. They could. They could start you on the path to clarity. I, I I don't think they just, the end of it, they just like maybe one of the first steps to get things rolling. All right. I like that answer. I, I feel the same way as you. I don't mm-hmm. think they, 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 it just depends, right? Uh, you mentioned board of supporters. I want to go back to that because that was, this is the first time I've ever hearing that term, by the way. Mm-hmm. I knew that, you know, you should surround yourself with people, but that term really makes it clear. Like we all mm-hmm. need a board of supporters. Yeah. The challenge I find is that most of us don't know where to start. Yeah. Where do we go and find them? Great. Okay. Um, so I usually say, so to me, board of supporters is not some of your, it's something very intentional, by the way. It's something like, okay, like how do I, um, there are usually, I, I say there are four uh, categories of people in in the board of supporters. One is your life partners. Usually, so those are the people you can get rid of. Your spouses, you know, it could be include actually your children or your parents or your siblings. Some people that kind of in this thing, I would say spouses, significant others are number one because it's very hard to do any change. And in terms of the spouses with my clients, I say it's on you to turn your spouses into your biggest supporters for the life that you want to have. It's on you. It's not on them to be your supporters. For you to do the work, that means sharing that means having conversations that engaging them in the process that you're going through and a lot of work that i do is actually creating these communications and deepening that relationship the second piece your partners in crime so those are people 
like you. So for instance, if you're working in your career, then find people that are interested in, you know, engaging their career. Or if you focus on your business, find, you know, like I'll tell you about two groups that I have particularly. The third group are your uh, mentors slash advisors. So like when people making career leaps into a different industry, they need to find somebody to mentor them from that industry, right? Or if you want to grow your business, go find somebody that already accomplished that and then could become your mentor advisor in that area. Or if like go find people that know more than you or have expertise that you don't have and, you know, and the fourth so that so so the and the fourth group i call them cheerleaders you know oh, those oh. are people that like no matter what they'll be like you are awesome you're great of course you can do it it could be your aunt it could be you know like i have this aunt you know i i like my parents passed and a lot of like my older generation is gone but i still have this aunt and i know if i call her like i can't do wrong like she thinks that i'm like smart and i'll handle it and i'll figure out no matter what doesn't matter what i think about myself so these are the four groups and i'll give you a few examples. So I have like some people I have one-on-one -on -one relationship when I just talk to them with some on a weekly basis, some every other week. By the way, a great way of identifying people, again, in a very intentional way with whom you want to deepen relationship. But I think having these regular conversations is very important. It could be 30 minutes every other week. I also have several groups. You know, I just turned 50. I have this Jubilee group that's amazing. I have somebody who turned 70, 60, 50, and 45. And we got together and we said, let's support each other in creating our next decade. So we just actually had a reunion in, in Mexico. And it was like amazing to, to do that. And then I have another group of kind of educator coaches like me that kind of deal with similar things as I do, you know, that, so we have like a different type of a conversations, like we talk about clients and business, right? But so I would say whatever is important to your life, like if you care about your health, find people that are interested in health or that want to have a breakthrough in health, if you want to become a better parent, by the way, I have some people that I talk a lot about, like all of the problems that I have with my children, right? <laughs> because that's important to engage with somebody in that conversation. And, you know, some of my friends have older children or have different view of children than I do. So engaging in all these conversations is extraordinarily helpful. Dude, uh, you just created a lot of clarity there in this conversation and that part. That's because my job. <laughs> you did a great job, man, because I thought, Misha, I was like, wait, this is kind of like... If I want to get in great shape, I'd go hire a trainer. If I wanted to run longer, I'd get somebody who can help me run better. It is, we, we think about it on the tutor side too for our kids, but I hadn't really thought about it as a as the way you just outlined it. Like, wait a mm -hmm. second, I, I want to I want to create a board of supporters mm -hmm. or specific things in my life. And the moment mm -hmm. you said like I have this jubilee group, I'm like, oh, that's that's pretty cool, man. Uh, right. I mean, Misha, I've got I've got a group that plays pickleball with me, but I think I need a separate group now. Listen, I think it you can apply it to anything. You know, you just find like where you want to create. You know, where do you, where is your next leap, and then find those people. Um, the the other the other thing that I find fascinating that you know, like when people just chat, like a great example is just my is my brother, right? Like. We see each other a lot during 
our family events, but that never really allows for a proper conversation. And mm-hmm. he is like one of the top people on my board of supporters. So, you know, so we create that once a month we're going out for dinner and we just meeting one-on-one. And that's like completely transformed our relationship, right? Because suddenly we have a space and a consistency of our conversations and we are in each other's life. That's like a simple and amazing things. I like that because you're creating now the the opportunity to be intentional. Mm-hmm. And we don't do that enough. I love that. Right. Right. That's awesome. All right. Do you feel like, because a lot of what you talk about is in transition uh, and, and being more intentional in that transition. Do you feel like most people need to go through a part of their life where they do things unintentionally to discover unintention? I don't know. I don't have an answer to that. But yeah, probably. But I would say we all like, even for me to, arrive to all these ideas and formulate them like it was a long journey you know so but i feel like i always try to have some intention i think a lot of people would like to be intentional they literally just don't know how and one of the things that i teach people is how to bring these tools to life and um create their life well i'm definitely seeing a process here so that's beautiful thank you misha all right so Journals. We, I, I wanted to bring up journals because you mentioned it before we started. Do you journal? Do you have a bunch of journals? Do you not journal? Do you dirt journal digitally? What does this look like? I don't journal. Okay, perfect. <laughs> and do you ever? I have a lot of notebooks for different purposes, but that's not journaling. <laughs> All right, and then the notebooks. How do you use notebooks? How do I use notebooks? Yeah. You know, I have one for business, one for different family affairs i don't know i don't know it's i I don't have necessarily like i have them different colors i just started a new one of the most amazing things that i discovered you know we talked a little bit about the vocational value system that if you understand it and if you can articulate it it could truly guide your life and i will give you an example that my vocational values are uh, making a difference clarity and creating and when I discovered my value system or uncovered, right, it was like, oh my God, it's such a surprise. Of course not. I always intuitively knew, but it made a lot of difference for me to have it in language because as soon as I had it in language, I was like, oh, that's why I wasn't that happy at this job, or that's why I need to be doing this. And that then it gives you also uh, an opportunity to be intentional on a whole new level because I pretty much organized my whole life around my value system. So whether I am on this podcast or working with my clients. I know I have an intention to uh, make a difference or bring clarity. Like you used the word clarity several times, which is like, again, to me is a reflection. It's my value. So that that's what I am bringing, right? And I'm always creating. So when my clients create what's next for them, that's what I'm creating. Uh, so whether I'm working my business or I'm involved, you know, with the worldwide orphans, uh, I'm a board member and I recently started an organization in Ukraine related to children and how to help them. That's all my vacation or whether I'm with my family and taking my kids to Disneyland, it's all I'm living in the whole paradigm of my value system and my whole life is fully aligned and it doesn't make your life easier or it doesn't eliminate all the problems and you have all the frustrations of life, but there is certain integrity to it. And there is a certain feeling like when I wake up in the morning, I don't have a question 
why I'm doing this or why I'm doing that. Every piece in my life actually makes sense, even if it's hard, even if it's sometimes, you know, challenging, it, it still makes sense and it's still um, in integrity. I like that. Do you take the people that you're helping, do you take them through the career blueprint in order to find the values or is that a separate uh, practice? Yeah. So it's either in career blueprint or in life blueprint we get to, that's one of the first thing that I work with people is to get to their value system. Okay. And as they go through their value system and and they solidify it and they're like, oh, I got it. Now I, I understand this is all clearer. Do you do you feel that that sometimes changes the direction of where they thought they wanted to go? Absolutely. It in it's instant gives you very clear information. This is this is, I would say, this is the distinction when somebody intuitively knows this is not it. You know, like I remember around my career, I always knew this is not it, Mm. right? But I really didn't know what is it. So distinction between somebody who knows what's not it versus somebody who is clear what would be it. You know, there is a world of difference, right? So most people operate like, I know this is not right for me and this wouldn't be right for me and this is not. But how do I find what's right for me? And understanding your value system gives you a lot of clarity in what is it. Like if you building your business, like how do you want to build your business and who are you in your business or uh, what type of partners you want to bring in or mm. what type of clients you want to have, you know, like it's all makes it much simpler once you understand your value system and then build around it. Okay. I agree with you. I like this conversation. You said in passing towards the beginning, because I'm taking notes, you said You're dangerous. I'm dangerous. (laughs) It's all good. Don't worry. Uh, You mentioned a quiet voice. And I thought, and then you mentioned right now, you're like, for years, you were, you you had this feeling, intuition, this isn't it. This isn't it. How did you finally decide to listen to that quiet voice? What happened? You know, I, I always listened to it. It's like I never really ignored it. I think I got just to the point of the the quiet voice said, like, if you keep doing this, you'll just do some type of a damage to yourself. You know, like, it's not like I didn't listen to it. What I didn't have tools to figure out how to build my my career journey. You know, like, I felt like all other areas of my life were created. You know, my family, my children, you know, I adopted three kids. It was all created. It was all in in a creation. And I felt like work was one of the pieces that I really didn't know how to. But you know, when I when I when I uh started facilitating meaningful intentional life changes, I realized, oh my God, now I understand why I had to go through all these experiences. I had to go through them in order to understand how it feels on all these levels so I can actually teach people and relate to where where they are in their you know, whatever it is, whether it's stuckness, where it feels like unfulfillment, whether it feels like imbalance or misalignment. Yeah. Interesting, man. How did you then decide to finally say, okay, let's just take this to that next level and start outlining or writing down these tools that are going to help me and then in turn help everyone else? What did that process look like? It was just like one morning I woke up 
and I uh, realized the concept of vocational values. And when I got it, I was like, oh my God, that explains so much in my life, in my career, right? And then I instantly got my first three clients. And then, you know, and then the more I work with people, the more I saw what's missing, what's what I need to add, what I need to med, all these building blocks. And that's how the career leap method got developed. I love that, man. Good job. Good Thank job. You. And then I'm, I'm, I'm sure you're always adding to it and refining it a little bit as you have different. Always. Yeah, absolutely. It's always a work in progress. It's always in a leap as everything else. That's so cool. All right. So what's next for you, man? What are you working on next? What are you excited about? Uh, like, listen, my slate is full. <laughs> so I'm very much, um, I'm working a lot right now with, you know, with all the turmoil that's happening in the industry. I work a lot with executives in transition. I'm almost done with building my digital program um, cool. for Career Leap. It's called Career Boost. That, that's my digital program. That's, uh, um, I am, um, listen, I'm very busy with my one-on-one clients and building all the different pieces in my business. I'm very busy with, you know, with my organization in Ukraine. I'm also like, I'm the one who works from home with three kids. So, you know, I'm the one that getting all the messages and texts. That's and a lot. Can, you know, so it's, but it's all by design, <laughs> all by design. That is the key, man. That is the key. I think that, that, that makes the difference in mm-hmm. what you're doing. So where mm-hmm. do we go and find out more information about you, Misha? Yeah, the, the best way to go is to thecareerleap.com. Um, this is my website. And whether there's people interested in life leap programs or career leap program or business, like transforming their business, they can uh, read about me and get in touch with me through that website. I love that, man. Well, I appreciate you being on. And now I'm following you. I took a lot of notes. So now I'm like, okay, okay. I got, I got to make sure everything's clearer. Right. So I have better intentions here. So thank you, Misha. I appreciate it. And enjoy Disneyland. Thank you. I'm looking forward to that. Those are all the brilliant thoughts that we have for you today. If you like what you're hearing, drop us a review or just tell your friends. This has been a success podcast. Head to success.com slash podcast to hear more just like it.